All right, let's go to Acts chapter 1, actually Luke chapter 1, sorry about that. Uh, Luke chapter 1, and I'm excited to teach God's word to you this morning. Man, I missed you guys last week and uh, made the decision to cancel church, and I think that was a good decision because it allowed our, our police officers for, and, and the people trying to get electricity back up, more um, mobility on the roads and so forth. Um, so once, once we called church, like 10 minutes later, the power came on at the church. And so I was like, wow, man, did I miss it on that one? But the Hendersonville Police Department called me and said, can we use CIL as a shelter if anyone needs? Uh, and I said, absolutely. So I had the church opened up and ready for people. Uh, thankfully, no one needed to use it. And that's indicative. We've been through this a few times here in this county of the connectivity people have. And so that's a, a blessing, but we're ready if ever a need like that arises. And so may it never happen again. You know, may the Lord, Lord protect us. And I'm just, I'm just so sorry for what you guys went through. I know that a lot of you, it's just been a disruptive week and I'm really sorry about that. And, and I, um, but I'm glad you're here. And, and we, we, we're gathered here in the name of Jesus for the purposes of Jesus. And good things are happening because we're here. My wife, Beth, she just gave announcements, and she's awesome. I love her energy. I love her enthusiasm. But that's a great demonstration, the way she gave announcements, how marriage works. Opposites attract. Because my messaging would be, lower the expectation for the kids. Like, <laughs> surprise the people. Make them come and think, oh, this is going to be a rinky-dinky little kid thing. But it was actually pretty good. But Beth... When she saw that she was on the script this week, she said, yes, I'm so glad that it's my time because I want people to know how awesome this play is. And she is, she is, she is more excited about the kids' musical at 5 p.m. than I would be if the Dallas Cowboys were in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and she's just an artist and a mother at heart. So, yeah. So I think it's going to be okay tonight. So <laughs> check it out. Check it out. You may like it. You may like it. So, hey, CIL, Crisis Love Church, we're, we're a special place, and God's taking us somewhere. We're a church full of vision and dreams, and we have great opportunity uh, with the location God's given us, with the great start he's given us uh, to his mission and his vision. And so we have something called CIL Forward, and over the holidays, you may have some extra time to take this online course and it tells you who we are. We'll offer it face-to-face -face or live in late January. But if you don't want to wait that long, find out more about who we are. Uh, we have an identity as a three-streams church. Which, what are the three streams? Sacrament, scripture, and spirit. It's all about getting to Jesus. It's all about getting to Jesus and connecting with the person of Jesus. And through through the scripture, uh, we do that. And through the Holy Spirit, we do that. And through the table of the Lord and water baptism, we connect with Jesus. So that's a little bit about who we are. This is the third Sunday of Advent. And so the church around the world is celebrating, are anticipating the celebration of Christmas uh, through the Advent uh, journey. And today the theme is joy. And so I'm going to teach on joy. I'm going to preach on joy. And I've done that a lot in my ministry. And I've heard a whole lot of sermons on joy. And the theme always becomes this. So here we go. I can save you 20 minutes. But here's the theme. Joy is not in your circumstances. 
Okay, that is true. That is true, and that is helpful uh, sometimes. And sometimes it's irritating. Because we feel this pressure to have joy, because good Christians have joy no matter what, but we don't feel joy. So I want to just talk a little bit about that. I just want to start, before we get into the scriptures and the points, and, and we have a lot of scripture today, but I just want to take a few minutes to tell you uh, a story that I think might help you um, put joy in the right place in your life and understand how joy does interact with circumstances. So maybe 10 years ago here at this church, after a Monday, Thursday service, I had our staff all go, it was maybe longer than 10 years ago, all go out to eat together. And we went to a place called the Black Eyed Pea, which happened to be my favorite restaurant. I love the Black Eyed Peas. And, and uh, the owners there, they, were, they had uh, a relationship with our church and they would often attend when they could. And so they had this very special room that you had to reserve. So we revert, reserved the special room and we all showed up with our kids. And at the time, uh, Beth and I were probably the youngest on staff. We had some other, other people who were about our age. And then we had some other staff members with, with young adult kids. So we were in this room full of like kids and teenagers. And I felt young and in charge. And I knew the owner and he came by and greeted us. And and uh, we, we had this dinner together, and it was a very, very joyful experience. It revolved around the gospel, because we were people who built our life around the gospel and around the church, and we had this component of fellowship that was part of the gospel story. Well, as the years went on, things started changing. First of all, I got older. My kids got older. They started driving. They started having jobs on, on Friday, on, on Monday, Thursday, or Good Friday, kind of went back and forth between those two. And then, um, and then the staff got too big to meet in that little room. And so we couldn't meet in that little room anymore. Then the Black Eyed Pea closed down. And that was not of the Lord. <laughs> so maybe last year at one of those services, um, we closed the service and Beth and I were the last two here and we shut out the lights because other people had to get home to their kids and grandkids and stuff. And we locked the door and our kids were off at college and we got into our car and we went and got food in a bag and took it home. So now I want to talk about this whole joy is not in the circumstances because I think this is going to help you. So I had a lot of joy in that experience of, of being in the back room of the Black Eyed Pea with our staff and kids and, and thought, I want to keep doing this year after year after year. And we did for probably six or seven years. A decade plus later, it's just me. Worry has not changed. So this is what I want you to think about. We say joy is not in the circumstances, thinking that's a coping mechanism for a bad night our bad day, our bad year. Joy is not in the circumstances. And, and that is a coping mechanism for us to deal with a bad situation. But I also want you to think about this. Joy is not in the circumstances also applies to a euphoric situation. Like when you had just that perfect meal with your family 
or you had that perfect date, or it was just everything just went right. And we shouldn't get too enamored with those experiences and forget Jesus in the gospel. Joy is always in him because that does not change. Because life's going to have ups and downs, good moments, bad moments. There's always challenges and opportunities in every era of life. So joy is yours because of Jesus, and it's not how you feel emotionally. It's a centering on who he is and a centering on his plan for the world, and you're part of that world and plan for the future. So I hope that blesses you. Now, should I just close the service or you want me to preach my sermon now? No, we want to go to the Word of God. We're in a series, or Advent series, called The Characters of Advent. And this week I want to look at angels. Angels. And angels are connected to the emotion joy. And you're going to see several different connecting points of angels to joy. Okay? So here's point number one. Angels bring ministry. Angels bring ministry. We're going to talk about the word ministry in just a couple of minutes. But angels bring ministry. Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 8, says, When his division was on duty, this is Zechariah, and he was serving as priest before God, it happened that he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. At the hour of incense, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. There will be great, there will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So an angel appeared to Zechariah to prepare him for the birth of John, and John prepared for the coming of Jesus. And this angel came as a messenger, because when angels come and they bring ministry, they're communicating a message from the Lord. And there's joy attached to that message. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says it this way. The Son, that's Jesus, the Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he became, look at this, superior to the angels, just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. So in the development of religions, many, many religions uh, originated or were developed with the appearance of angels, and angels then were uh, deified and became something to be worshipped, worshipped at some level. The Bible clearly tells us not to worship angels. In fact, the scripture makes it clear, angels are underneath human beings. Every human being is more important than angels. Now, I love sharing angel stories, and there's some fun ones. 
uh, you know, uh, and cool stories. Like, I think I saw an angel. And if this happened, it may have been an angel. And, and those are neat and helpful and cool as long as Jesus is exalted and not the angels. Um, they're, they're interesting stories, plausible stories. Uh, they're, they're stories that catch our attention. But meeting an angel is never even as great as meeting a human being. Because the scripture tells us that, that angels are not exalted, clearly not above Jesus, but not above human beings too. So what are angels? Angels are sent by God to send messages from God or to minister. Angels minister to us. Angels minister to the world. This is reinforced again in Hebrews chapter one. Look at verse 14. Talking about angels, it says, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve those who are going to inherit salvation? So this amazing concept that angels are ministering to us and we don't see them because they're in the spiritual realm. Uh, Most of the time we don't either see them or we're not aware of them. But I think there are occasions where maybe the Lord prompts our heart and we think, ah, was that an angel? Was that an angel? And maybe you can share that story of someone uh, today that you have lunch with or that you, you hang out with. Later on today, you can share that story. I've got a couple of those that I'm thinking of now. Let's talk about the word ministry. That's a a word we use a lot, but we don't think about. It's just become such a a word that's so part of who we are. Ministry, that word in the original language, the Greek language, language, which most of the New Testament was written in, is very close to the word service. In fact, the word ministry and service can be interchangeable at times, but there is a difference. There is a difference. Service is something uh, that maybe we're forced to do or compelled to do, but ministry is something we do unto the Lord. That's the difference between just, you know, I, I go and get my oil change and they service my car. Uh, and they, there's all types of service that have, we live in a service economy. If you don't believe it, now we, we used to cook food, then we begin to drive through and get food. Now we just take out our phones and people bring us food. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know if they're going to spoon, you know, we're going to have an app where they spoon feed us. So we don't have to, whatever the case is, but we're in this service economy. So our whole, our whole economy is built on, especially here in the United States and service, but it's service we pay for it. Service is obligation. Ministry is different in that ministry is service unto the Lord. When you do ministry, you do it unto the Lord. You do it to him. So these musicians up here, I mean, they minister to us today. Uh, they, they all minister today for free, um, except Aubrey, but he didn't get paid very much anyway, so it might as well be free. They, 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 they minister to us. They, they served us. They, they had to memorize the words of the songs because... They weren't on the back screen this week. I've been, you know, I think that's kind of helpful. It's like me. I have to actually read my notes today instead of reading the back screen. I don't even know why I told you all that, but I did. Anyway, I guess I was being authentic. But, but they had to memorize the words. They, they had to learn the chord charts, all that kind of stuff, you know? I mean, I mean, someone came here early and got the, the communion elements ready here today. They're getting cleaned up. It's ministry unto the Lord. We're doing it unto Jesus. Or because you never get enough attaboys, way to go. Uh, you, never get, uh, you, get enough rec- you will never get enough recognition to do ministry if you don't do it unto the Lord. 
So you do it unto the Lord. So from that standpoint, we know angels who don't have that free will necessarily, they're, they're, they're operating out of the will of the Lord. They're doing ministry and they can be an example, but they're actually serving us. And so when ministry happens, joy happens. Ministry increases joy. And that's why there is joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord because people are serving one another unto the Lord. We're like trying to figure out ways not to ha- take, get a, take advantage of each other or get advantages over each other. We're figuring out ways, how can we serve each other? How, how can we make someone better in the name of Jesus for the sake of Jesus? Here's number two. Now, these three points build on each other, Okay. So they are, they are connected. So remind, I'll remind you as I remind myself. Number one, angels bring ministry. Now here's number two. It's building on it. Ministry brings God's message. So you're bringing the essence of who God is. You're bringing his message. So now we'll go back to Luke chapter one. After Zechariah uh, received the word about John the Baptist and his wife Elizabeth uh, visited Uh, was visited by Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll pick up that story in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God, excuse me, sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel said to her, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, told her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Those are two amazing phrases in those last two verses. Verse 33, he will reign forever and his kingdom will have no end. This is the message that we have to center on when we are having a bad year, when we're having a bad season. You know, I'm not happy about this, proud of this, but I've had four holidays in a row that I've gotten sick during that time, okay? You know, and, 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 and it's, it's, it's frustrating, you know. It, we, we, we can begin to spiral and begin to think things. Well, this God, if, God, if God really loved me, this wouldn't happen to me every November or December. Or, you know, I could have spiraled after that, that service that I opened up with and thought, well, you know, things aren't the way they used to be at the church. It was a lot more fun when I was younger. A lot more fun when the kids were still going here. Man, it was a, a, a lot better. You know, I ha- had a lot more, more joy when I had more energy. And then the spiral starts to happen. You know, I wonder if I should still be at this church. You know, I wonder if these services really matter anyway. I wonder if God really exists anyway. Now, I'm not, I'm not even joking. That, that starts happening. We start, we start spiraling down mentally when our joy is circumstantial. So part of it is you go to your favorite concert and hear that artist you wanted to hear your whole life. You, you, you have that special trip that you've, ne- you, you've you prepared your whole life 
to, to go to. That's great. You, you, your grandkid is born. Or you, you, the, the adoption finally went through. Or that sport you really love, that team finally came through and it makes you miss your grandfather because y'all used to watch that team together. And, and oh, joy. You, you feel joy in that moment, but it's gone. It's gone just like that. It's, it's gone just like that. So when those euphoric good moments come, don't fall in love with the world so much that you forget he shall reign forever and ever. He shall reign. He has a kingdom that will never, never, ever end. He has a kingdom that will extend a thousand years from now. 10,000 years from now, if Jesus has not returned, his kingdom will reign here on earth. And that is the joy we have on tough days and on days when we wish the day would not end. It's the same consistency. It's the same God. It's the same Jesus. It's the same gospel. And the angel brought the message to Mary. said, you've been chosen and he will reign forever and ever. So here's the last point. God's message brings joy. Angels bring message. The message brings the word of God and God's message brings joy. I didn't say that quite right, but you, you wrote it down so you know. Now let's go to verse 39. In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt inside her. Oh, we know life is in the womb, don't we? We know that biblically. And we know that in our hearts. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leapt for joy inside me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. The angel brought the message. And the message brought joy. Even to the unborn, there was a sense of joy in John the Baptist because the presence of the Lord was there in the womb. And it lets us know that joy is to the world, to the most vulnerable and to the prisons. To the most, from the most vulnerable to the most depraved, joy is ours through Jesus. We talked two weeks ago, gosh, it seems like two years ago, about the shepherds. And uh, our, our theme that particular day was peace. But I want to re repeat a scripture that we, we talked about two weeks ago. In Luke now, chapter 2, verse 8 and 10, it says, In the same regions, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you, and here is the phrase for today, Good news of great joy 
that will be for all people. Not just for the Jewish people, but for all people. Good news of great joy. Guys, as I get ready to preach on joy again today, I didn't want to give you just an empty message of, hey, joy is not in the circumstances. True. True. But it's more nuanced than that. It's not just for you who are having a hard time. It's for you who are in your sweet spot too. Joy is not in the circumstances. Joy is in the message. Joy is in the story. Joy is in the plan. Joy is in the promise. Joy is in the coming. Joy is in the establishment of righteousness here on this earth. Joy is before us. Don't believe the lie because it is a lie of the enemy that the greatest joy is behind you. Not so if you know Jesus. There is joy unspeakable and full of glory. There is joy ahead of you. There is joy before you. It's a new kind of joy. It's a new kind of joy that's stronger than the sentiment that helps us get through the darkest month of the year. This is joy that is for us in every circumstance, in every place. And that's what the spirit of Jesus and the presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit brings to us the joy of salvation. The prophet Isaiah predicted this as people awaited the first coming of the Lord. And now we who are living in the kingdom of the first coming of the Lord await his coming again. We are not those who are satisfied with even our best days here. It's not satisfactory as long as there's one more taking place. It's not satisfactory as long as there's one child who is hunger, hungry. It's not satisfactory, this world is, as long as there is one who is abused, one who is neglected. We cannot just say our life is good in the suburbs and so forget the rest of the world. Instead, we hold on to the promise that Jesus is coming again for all the world so all the world can see what it's like with the righteous, perfect, holy king rules and reigns on the earth. And he will reign forever and ever. That reign starts right here in our hearts. And that's what I want to build my life on. I won't build my life on nationalism. I won't build my life on my favorite college football team. I won't build my life on the suburban dream of having the, the educated, athletic, musical family that never has any, any kind of challenges. No, no, that, that's the image we want. We can't build our life on that. We may have some of those things to the glory of God, but we build our life on the hope of the world, and that brings us joy on all occasions. The prophet Isaiah predicted the coming of the Lord in Isaiah 61. He said this, starting with verse 1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. To proclaim that the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of the Lord's anger against the enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks 
that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Guys, that is what the message of Jesus has brought us. That's what the hope is. You are a stable person. You are an established person. You have roots. You can weather the storm. You can weather that spiritual chaotic tornado. You will stay strong in the Lord. You will stay strong in the power of his might. None of this, hey, you are not normal or you're not right because you don't have joy this Christmas. No, I'm saying this is that you have joy this Christmas because you know the source of joy. You can feel sad. You can feel disappointed. You can feel isolated and still have joy because there is joy that the enemy can't touch, that the enemy can't snatch, that the enemy can't pervert or take away. It's joy that the Lord is making all things well. He has chosen to set his love upon us and he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. That's the hope that we have. I want to pray for you. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we just come to you now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that's here right now the ministry of the Holy Spirit that's here right now. Lord, I pray for the disappointed, for those who are disappointed, those whose plans have changed, those whose bonuses didn't come through like they thought they would. Lord, I, I want to pray for, for those who uh, have someone special in their life who's really sick this Christmas. God, I, I pray, Lord, uh, for those who are missing somebody. I pray for those who couldn't buy the gift they wanted to buy for someone Lord, we thank you, Lord. There's joy. There's joy. There's joy in Jesus' name. There's joy in Jesus' name. There's joy in Jesus' name. You hear me? It's in Jesus' name. It's in Jesus' name. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to make it through the season. The, the days won't stay this short. The days won't be this dark. It won't be this gray always. The sun is going to shine again. There's going to be brighter days in Jesus' name. There's going to be brighter days in Jesus' name. And listen, the I want you to hear this together. We're hearing it at the same time. We're hearing it together. It's it's the love of the Lord that he is just beginning to set upon our hearts, to set upon our spirits. Do not despair. Do not despair. Don't let the heaviness overtake you and is and is to come. He has a name. His name is Jesus. He has an identity. He has a heart. He has a purpose. He has a plan and he will not forsake his people. He will not overlook his people. He will not abandon his people. You will not be left alone. You will not be abandoned. You are not an orphan. You are not one who missed out on the the one chance you have because the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. There's a new mercy for you today. There's a new opportunity for you today. There's a new chance for you today. Some of you are just feel like regret is so strong on you. It almost paralyzes you. It's like regret is so strong because you wish you hadn't said that. You wish you hadn't made that decision. You wish that you would have made a better choice at a more opportune time. And the Lord may be giving you wisdom and insight. The Lord may be giving you a, a, a 
insight into who you are to prepare you for the future. But he doesn't want you to stay in the place of heaviness because there's a garment of praise. You can take off that spirit of heaviness and you can put on the garment of praise. That's not your righteousness. It's not your goodness. It's not because you are disciplined in your quiet time and you never have a misspoken word or you never have a bad thought. It's because his righteousness is greater than your sin. And his holiness is greater than than any indecisive thing you've done or any misstep you've done. And so we put on the goodness of the Lord. We put on the righteousness of the Lord. We put on, because of Jesus, all of the good things that the Lord has.